welcome to the show. My name's Emily. And I'm Paige. And this week I'm doing a live reading of the infamous tent scene. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Paige still knows nothing. I just, I had to pull in the listeners because they know what I'm talking about. I have absolutely no clue. And the fact that you said infamous, I, my stomach just dropped into my butthole. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so right off the top here, I do gotta say, if I sound any different to anyone, it is because I have boldly chosen to go where literally no podcaster has ever gone before and gotten a fucking retainer that affects my speech. (laughs) Again, this is the second time I've heard Emily talking. And I said this the first time and I am now saying saying it again. I literally forgot about it and did not notice a difference until you said something. And I knew about it this time. I mean, that's fair, but I really notice it and I feel like I don't know. I feel like various people might notice it. So if you do notice it, just know that I cannot fully close my mouth ever. Like, literally ever. So I'm doing my best. I gotta wear it through the end of July. It's fixing my TMJ, which has given me daily headaches since I was like 12 years old. So it's for a good cause. And yeah. We support you and your jaw health. Thank you. You can donate to our Patreon. (laughs) Just kidding. Oh my god, it just like kicked my desk. Speaking of Patreon, big shout out to Tom. Um, Tom became a patron recently, and we just want to say thank you so much. You've been messaging us nice things on Instagram, and obviously we're very appreciative of your support. So thank you so much, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Welcome to the party. Um, what's good this week? So I have two main stories to tell. One is fun slash funny. One is the most anxiety I have felt in probably months, if not the whole year. Please do the anxiety one first. Get it over. Okay. So this happened this morning. So I got called at like about like 6.30 a.m. to do a removal for the funeral home. And it was in a town close to where I live, but that I have pretty much never been to before. So I am extremely unfamiliar with the layout, it's also very much in like the farmland, very county road-esque. So it's very open spaced. Every street is like county line road with a number at the end. So it's like, I have no idea where I'm going. So I'm driving down and I have my GPS in the cup holder and I'm getting to a point where I know I have to turn left and it's not at a stoplight or a stop sign. So it's like, it's, it's going to just pop up and my GPS sucks and it's going to be like, turn left when I've already like passed the point of comfortably turning left. So I'm paying attention. I'm like looking left. I'm looking at my GPS, trying to gauge where I'm supposed to be turning. And I'm like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be turning. It's like it's suddenly I can see the, the turn. I'm like, this is where I got to be on. I when I look up. I'm going like probably 40, 45 at this point. There is a school zone literally like inches away from me, but the left turn was before the school zone. So I'm like, oh boy, it's a good thing that, you know, I'm turning in here because I am not going school zone speed right now. So I slam on my brakes, turn on my left turn signal, and I feel like a dick because I'm never usually the person who slams on their brakes and then puts the turn signal on. But like, I'm just trying to like, I'm I'm doing so many things at once. I didn't think about it. So I look in my rear view to like like see if I just fucked anyone else over. And who do I see in my rear view? But a cop like 
on my ass, like not a cop behind me, a cop uncomfortably close behind me. So I'm thinking like, oh, he probably saw me going this fast, approaching a speed or a school zone. He's like trying to pull me over, right? But I'm like, well, I'm not going in the school zone. I'm turning left here. So I turn left and he turns left right behind me and he's still on my ass and he puts his lights on and I am driving a work vehicle. And I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. This is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Honestly, I don't know what the speed limit is. I wasn't paying attention to that. I was just going. So like, I'm like, hopefully I can talk my way out of this. Like I'm trying, I'm going to pick up a dead body. Like, please have mercy on me. I haven't been pulled over since I was like 20, I think. So like, I got really nervous. I, I started freaking out, like having a panic attack. Again, I'm also going to work. I'm currently clocked in right now and driving a company vehicle. So I pull over. But then he like zoots around me and then turns his lights off and then keeps going. And I'm like, motherfucker, are you kidding me? He like pretended to like, he got me to pull over to the side and then went by me. Like his lights weren't going when he turned. I'm like, what What are you doing? Being a dick, making me freak out for nothing? I literally feel like that was his agenda, yeah. Well, he he ruined my morning. But then also simultaneously, like, it was a, a high. I was like, oh, it's not that great. Good. That's like, it was instantaneous pleasure at the same time. <laughs> Were you driving a hearse? No, it's just, it's like a minivan. It's very discreet. Okay, okay. What's the happy story? Happy story? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily happy. It's just funny. Um, so my roommate Lydia and I have decided to do this new thing where, where we make roommate dinners, but we're leaving it up to either chance or the will of God, whatever you want to call it. So basically we've made a list of 20 sides and then a list of 20 entrees. And, um, I don't know how familiar you are with D and D words, but we roll a D 20, which is a dice with 20 sides. And then we eat whatever combination comes up. So we're doing our first roommate dinner that way tonight. And the meal we're having is chicken parm with mashed potatoes. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds like something my mom would make. It's going to be delicious. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to be a lot of carb. Um, a lot of like breading and I'm not, I'm not upset. Don't get me wrong. I, it's going to be delicious, but we rolled that, we rolled that combination and we were like, let's roll again and see what we get. So the next one we rolled was, um, oh, what was it? Mashed potatoes and lasagna. We rolled mashed potatoes twice, which we were like, mashed potatoes and lasagna, that's even heavier. And then we rolled, um, spam musubi, which is like rice with fried spam on top. Um, with, I want to say chili. I don't know. We rolled a bunch of really weird things. I think we rolled fried rice and mac and cheese. So like there was just a lot of crazy options, but we ended up settling on the chicken parm and mashed potatoes. You should have because you have to appease the odds. If you make the game, you cannot then cheat the game. It's funny you say that because when I say we settled on, what we did was we 
we got our four options and then we rolled a D4, which is a dice with four sides. And we rolled that one. So we're like, well, this was just fate's way of saying you should have just stuck with it and not wasted your time because you ended up with it in the, in, in the end. Exactly. I'm glad that's karma. If I ever heard it. More like chicken parma. Am I right? I'm hanging up. Paige is laughing silently. She took a sip of whatever she's drinking right as I said that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, do you have any fun stories from the week? I This isn't funny, but I, I guess, I don't know, whatever. So there's this um, sporting goods store called Shields. Um, if you're not familiar, it's like big in the Midwest, but they recently came to Colorado. In the Midwest, they're like normal. They're like Dick sporting goods. But out here, they wanted to make them, like, an attraction, I guess, like, compete with other sporting goods stores. So they literally have, like, bowling alleys, Ferris wheels, all this shit in them. There's a point to the story. They also have normal clothes. I went there with my family this past weekend, and they had some really cute sundresses. I'm a a slut for a sundress. And I am broke at the moment. I do my budget monthly, and it is almost the end of the month, so I'm scraping by. So I couldn't get anything. I didn't even try anything on because I knew it would end badly. But then I remembered that I have H&M gift cards from my parents who gave me, I'm not kidding, I think $350 in H&M gift cards for Christmas because I feel like they don't really know what I like. So they just were like, here you go. So anyways, I went to H&M because that's money I can spend. And I got this super cute dress. It's got little cutouts like on the sides. It's a sundress. Can't wait to wear it. Hell yeah. I I love the feeling of coming home with something something new to put in your closet. Yes. Me too. I the other night ordered like $60 worth of clothes off of Depop. Um for those of you who don't know, Depop is like a like an app for reselling clothes. Um and I found you know those like those shirts that guys who go to the gym wear where it's like no sleeves and kind of like crop toppy. Are you talking about tank tops? Not tank tops. It's like they were a t-shirt but then they cut holes out of them and they're really big. Okay, sure. I found one, but it was it's made to be like that. It's not like it's been fashioned and it's a men's I think it's a large or an extra large, and it has a dragon on the front breathing fire onto a castle. It was $11, and I'm obsessed with it. I need to see it. Please wear it next time we record. Okay. It's supposed to be arriving on Friday, so. Okay. I'm excited. Um, Time for Recommendations Corner before we do this live reading. Paige, you want to go first? Sure. So on Sunday, I went to the library to work because... You know, working from home has been fun, but I really needed a change of scenery to, like, help focus myself. Um, So I went to the library and worked for about three or four hours. And then since I was there, I picked up a couple books, you know, as you do. And so I got this graphic novel. It's called Through the Woods. It's by Emily Carroll. It's a it was in the teen section. I would say there it's I mean, it's definitely not like inappropriate for children but it is spooky scariest to tell in the dark there is it's a graphic novel 
about like six or seven just like spooky unnerving stories and the art is just so spooky and I read it in like an hour and a half it was very very good I would definitely recommend if you're a fan of horror or you like graphic novels or you're a fan of reading horror just this will be the book for you cool I love that mine is also like kind of reading related and I might get hate mail for this, but I subscribe to this newsletter called Girl Boss, and I know that's a terrible name. <laughs> I think it's the name of the company that writes it. I really don't know. But it's just like, it's got little nuggets. It's short enough because they send it every, I think it's just every weekday that they send it. But it's just like a, little, a few little nuggets here and there. Like they have like um, products that they like. They have like one main subject that they talk about. Like, I think today it was about, like, um, I don't remember. But it'll be, like, work stuff, like, career advice, or, like, here's how to do a side hustle, or whatever. Um, so maybe just, if you're into that kind of thing, Google it. I like reading it at work, because it arrives really early. I think it gets in my inbox at, like, 7 a.m., so it's there when I get there every day. Nice. Yeah. The theme for this week's recommendation corner is a quick read. Oh, yeah, I like that. Speaking of a not quick read, this is only 19 pages, but I think it's hilarious that I decided to do a live reading right after I got my dentures. <laughs> I'm I'm steeped with anticipation. I think I have like four points where we will break to discuss, but we'll get to them when we get to them. Are you ready to rock? Yes. <laughs> okay. Chapter 22. Fire and ice. The wind shook the tent again, and I shook with it. The temperature was dropping. I could feel it through the down bag, through my jacket. I was fully dressed, my hiking boots still laced into place. It didn't make any difference. How could it be so cold? How could it keep getting colder? It had to bottom out sometime, didn't it? Real quick break. There is a lot of... Let me just show you. Do you see where it says what with all the Ws? Yes, I do. Yeah. Basically, the first few pages of this chapter are that, and I refuse. I have some dignity left, so I'm just going to say the actual word. What time is it? I forced the words through my rattling teeth. Two, Edward answered. Edward sat as far from me as possible in the cramped space, afraid to even breathe on me when I was already so cold. It was too dark to see his face, but his voice was wild with worry, indecision, and frustration. Maybe... No, I'm fine, really. I don't want to go outside. He tried to talk me into making a run for it a dozen times already, but I was terrified of leaving my shelter. If it was this cold in here, protected from the raging wind, I could imagine how bad it would be if we were running through it. And it would waste all our efforts this afternoon. Would we have enough time to reset ourselves when the storm was over? What if it didn't end? It made no sense to move now. I could shiver my way through one night. I was worried that the trail I had laid would be lost, but he promised that it would still be plain to the coming monsters. What can I do? He almost begged. I just shook my head. Out in the snow, Jacob whined unhappily. Get out of here, I ordered again. He's just worried about you, Edward translated. He's fine. His body is equipped to deal with this. I have to do it this time or else it won't make sense. <laughs> I wanted to say that he should still leave, but I couldn't get it past my teeth. I nearly bit my tongue off trying. 
At least Jacob did seem to be well equipped for the snow, better even than the others in his pack with his thicker, longer, shaggy, russet fur. I wondered why that was. Jacob whimpered a high-pitched, grating sound of complaint. What do you want me to do? Edward growled, too anxious to bother with politeness anymore. Carry her through that? I don't see you making yourself useful. Why don't you go fetch a space heater or something? I'm okay, I protested. Judging from Edward's groan and the muted growl outside the tent, I hadn't convinced anyone. The wind rocked the tent roughly, and I shuddered in harmony with it. A sudden howl ripped through the roar of the wind, and I covered my ears against the noise. Edward scowled. That was hardly necessary, he muttered. And that's the worst idea I've ever heard, he called more loudly. Better than anything you've come up with, Jacob answered, his human voice startling me. Go fetch a space heater, he grumbled. I'm not a St. Bernard. I heard the sound of the zipper around the tent door pulling swiftly down. Jacob slid through the smallest opening he could manage while the Arctic air flowed in around him, a few flecks of snow falling to the floor of the tent. I shivered so hard it was, it was a convulsion. I don't like this, Edward hissed as Jacob zipped the tent door shut. Just give her the coat and get out. My eyes were adjusted enough to see shapes. Jacob was carrying the parka that had been hanging on a tree next to the tent. I tried to ask what they were talking about, but all that came out of my mouth was, whoa, 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 whoa. Stephanie hates me, as the shivering made me stutter uncontrollably. The park is for tomorrow. She's too cold to warm it up by herself. It's frozen. He dropped it by the door. You said she needed a space heater, and here I am. Jacob held his arms as wide as the tent allowed. As usual, when he'd been running around as a wolf, he'd only thrown on the bare essentials. Just a pair of sweats, no shirt, no shoes. Jake, you'll freeze, I tried to complain. Not me, he said cheerfully. I run at a toasty 108.9 these days. I'll have you sweating in no time. Edward snarled, but Jacob didn't even look at him. Instead, he crawled to my side and started unzipping my sleeping bag. Edward's hand was suddenly hard on his shoulder, restraining, snow white against the dark skin. Jacob's jaw clenched, his nostrils flaring, his body recoiling from the cold touch. The long muscles in his arms flexed automatically. Get your hand off of me, he growled through his teeth. Keep your hands off of her, Edward answered blackly. Don't fight, I pleaded. Another tremor rocked through me. It felt like my teeth were going to shatter. They were slamming together so hard. I'm sure she'll thank you for this when her toes turn black and drop off, Jacob snapped. Edward hesitated, then his hand fell away and he slid back to his position in the corner. His voice was flat and frightening. Watch yourself. Jacob chuckled. Scoot over, Bella, he said, zipping the sleeping bag open farther. I stared at him in outrage. No wonder Edward was reacting this way. No, I tried to protest. Don't be stupid, he said, exasperated. Don't you like having ten toes? He crammed his body into the non-existent space, forcing the zipper up behind himself. And then I couldn't object. I didn't want to anymore. He was so warm. His arms constricted around me, holding me snugly against his bare chest. The heat was irresistible, like air after being underwater for too long. He cringed when I pressed my icy fingers eagerly against his skin. Pause. So my first thought immediately going into this was, why is Jacob not, like, putting his hot body against her? Like, he's been this fiery, 
I've run a million degrees. That's been a whole thing, this whole this whole book. So I'm, that was the first thing I thought, like, why are we letting Bella freeze when Jacob is eight million degrees? So at least at least that happened. However, I don't know if I would necessarily just let myself into someone else's sleeping bag without asking them. That seems a little gross, in my opinion. But I'm glad that I'm glad that Bella is having a little bit of relief from this coldness. Um, yeah, but I can see that this is probably leading to something explosive. I mean, if I was dating someone and then their like weird ex got into the sleeping bag with them, I definitely wouldn't feel great about that. Yeah, the tension in this little tent right now. <laughs> I feel like after you read that, I have like a fever memory of the movie where I thought that it was like Edward and Bella like cuddling with each other and then the camera pans to Jacob and he's just like sitting on the other side of the tent just like looking at them. Is that a thing? I think you just got the characters switched around because that happens but Edward's the one on the other side of the tent. Maybe. That would be the champagne. <laughs> okay. I'm going to continue if you have no further thoughts at this time. No further thoughts. Geez, you're freezing, Bella, he complained. Sorry, I stuttered. Try to relax, he suggested as another shiver rippled through me violently. You'll be warm in a minute. Of course, you'd warm up faster if you took your clothes off. Edward growled sharply. That's just a simple fact, Jacob defended himself. Survival 101. Cut it out, Jake, I said angrily, though my body refused to even try to pull away from him. Nobody really needs all ten toes. Don't worry about the bloodsucker, Jacob suggested, and his tone was smug. He's just jealous. Of course I am. Edward's voice was velvet again. Under control, a musical murmur in the darkness. You don't have the faintest idea of how much I wish I could do what you're doing for her, mongrel. Those are the breaks, Jacob said lightly, but then his tone soured. At least you know she wishes it was you. True, Edward agreed. The shuddering slowed, became bearable while they wrangled. There, Jacob said, pleased. Feeling better? I was finally able to speak clearly. Yes. Your lips are still blue, he mused. Want me to warm those up for you too? You only have to ask. Edward sighed heavily. Behave yourself, I muttered, pressing my face against his shoulder. He flinched again when my cold skin touched his, and I smiled with slightly vindictive satisfaction. It was already warm and snug inside the sleeping bag. Jacob's body heat seemed to radiate from every side, maybe because there was so much of him. I kicked my boots off and pushed my toes against his legs. He jumped slightly, then leaned his head down to press his hot cheek against my numb ear. This will get you. I noticed that Jacob's skin had a woodsy, musky scent. It fit the setting here in the middle of the forest. It was nice. I wondered if the Cullens and the Quileutes weren't just playing up that whole odor issue because of their prejudices. Everyone smelled fine to me. The storm held like an animal attacking the tent, but it didn't worry me now. Jacob was out of the cold, and so was I. Plus, I was simply too exhausted to worry about anything. Tired from... Tired from just staying awake so late, 
and aching from the muscle spasms. My body relaxed slowly as I thawed, piece by frozen piece, and then turned limp. Jake, I mumbled sleepily, can I ask you something? I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything, I'm honestly curious. They were the same words he'd used in my kitchen. How long ago was it now? Sure, he chuckled, remembering. Why are you so much furrier than your friends? You don't have to answer if I'm being rude. I didn't know the rules for etiquette as they applied to werewolf culture. Because my hair is longer, he said, amused. My question hadn't offended him, at least. He shook his head so that his unkempt hair, grown out to his chin now, tickled my cheek. Oh, I was surprised, but it made sense. So that was why they'd all cropped their hair in the beginning when they joined the pack. Then why don't you cut it? Do you like to be shaggy? He didn't answer right away this time, and Edward laughed under his breath. Sorry, I said, pausing to yawn. I didn't mean to pry. You don't have to tell me. Jacob made an annoyed sound. Oh, he'll tell you anyway, so I might as well. I was growing my hair out because it seemed like you liked it better long. Oh, I felt awkward. I uh, like it both ways, Jake. You don't need to be inconvenienced. He shrugged. Turns out it was very convenient tonight, so don't worry about it. I didn't have anything else to say. As the silence lengthened, my eyelids drooped and shut, and my breathing grew slower, more even. That's right, honey, go to sleep, Jacob whispered. I sighed, content, already half unconscious. Seth is here, Edward muttered to Jacob, and I suddenly understood the point of the howling. Perfect. Now you can keep an eye on everything else while I take care of your girlfriend for you. Edward didn't answer, but I groaned groggily. Stop it, I muttered. It was quiet then, inside at least. Outside, the wind shrieked insanely through the trees. The shimmying of the tent made it hard to sleep. The poles would suddenly jerk and quiver, pulling me back from the edge of unconsciousness every time I was close to slipping under. I felt so bad for the wolf, the boy that was stuck outside in the snow. My mind wandered as I waited for sleep to find me. This warm little space made me think of the early days with Jacob, and I remembered how it used to be when he was my replacement son, the warmth that made my empty life livable. It had been a while since I'd thought of Jake that way, but here he was, warming me again. Please, Edward hissed, do you mind? What, Jacob whispered back, his tone surprised. Do you think you could attempt to control your thoughts? Edward's low whisper was furious. No one said you had to listen, Jacob muttered, defiant yet still embarrassed. Get out of my head. I wish I could. You have no idea how loud your little fantasies are. It's like you're shouting them at me. I'll try to keep it down, Jacob whispered sarcastically. There was a brief moment of silence. Yes, Edward answered an unspoken thought in a murmur so low I barely made it out. I'm jealous of that too. I figured it was like that, Jacob whispered smugly. Sort of evens the playing field up a little, doesn't it? Edward chuckled, in your dreams. You know, she could still change her mind, Jacob taunted him, considering all the things I could do with her that you can't. At least not without killing her, that is. Go to sleep, Jacob, Edward murmured. You're starting to get on my nerves. I think I will. I'm really very comfortable. Edward didn't answer. I was too far gone to ask them to stop talking about me like I wasn't there. The conversation had taken on a dreamlike quality to me, and I wasn't sure I was really awake. Pause.
Okay, my first note is I am not surprised about Bella's affinity to Monster Musk. It's not a surprising fact. Yep. Two, I really love that Stephanie Meyer decided to include the line of Bella being very conscious about the etiquette. She didn't want to offend the werewolf culture. And yet, she's built an entire book series completely ignoring an entire culture of real people, but, you know, whatever. I agree, and also this is after Jacob has said two extremely offensive things. Please, please uh, remind me. Just the fucking innuendos he keeps making, where he's like, it'd be faster if you took your clothes off. I can warm your lips up for you. Like, get out. Yeah, it's that that fact is true. I did learn that in camping, but you don't got to say it when you're holding when when like like I don't think that Bella necessarily wants to be in this situation, but it's what needs to be done to keep her safe. So we don't need to, like, make this unavoidable situation more uncomfortable, you know? I agree. Although I do, I have one note for this part. I do have fault with what Bella said when they were talking about his hair. He was like, oh, I thought you liked it better that way. And she says, I like it both ways, Jake. You don't need to be inconvenienced. Now, the right answer here is, I don't care how you wear your hair because we're not together. It's a really good point. Yeah. Giving, I feel like Jacob is the kind of person that if you give him an inch, he will go with it. He will run with it. He will take it a mile. Exactly. That was all I had from this section. Do you have anything else? I did have one final thing. Um, I just don't really enjoy these two individuals. And I know that Bella's kind of like going in and out of sleep, but she's conscious enough that she can recount this conversation I don't really enjoy two people pretty much kind of like talking about her behind her back but in front of her like they're having a secret conversation about her and she knows it like they're not trying to hide it but they're also not having it out loud for her to hear I don't really enjoy that that would really piss me off Girl, then you better buckle in, because that's the rest of this chapter. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Bella just got done saying she wasn't sure she was awake. Maybe I would, Edward said after a moment, answering a question I hadn't heard. But would you be honest? You can always ask and see. Edward's tone made me wonder if I was missing out on a joke. Well, you see inside my head. Let me see inside yours tonight. It's only fair, Jacob said. Your head is full of questions. Which one do you want me to answer? The jealousy. It has to be eating at you. You can't be as sure of yourself as you seem, unless you have no emotions at all. Of course it is, Edward agreed, no longer amused. Right now it's so bad I can barely control my voice. Of course, it's even worse when she's away from me, with you, and I can't see her. Do you think about it all the time? Jacob whispered. Does it make it hard to concentrate when she's not with you? Yes and no, Edward said. He seemed determined to answer honestly. My mind doesn't work quite the same as yours. I can think of many more things at one time. 
Of course, that means I'm always able to think of you, always able to wonder if that's where her mind is when she's quiet and thoughtful. They were both still for a minute. Yes, I would guess that she thinks about you often, Edward murmured in response to Jacob's thoughts. More often than I like. She worries that you're unhappy. Not that you don't know that. Not that you don't use that. I have to use whatever I can, Jacob muttered. I'm not working with your advantages. Advantages like her knowing she's in love with you. That helps, Edward agreed in a mild tone. Jacob was defiant. She's in love with me too, you know. Edward didn't answer. Jacob sighed, but she doesn't know it yet. I can't tell you if you're right. Does that bother you? Do you wish you could see what she's thinking too? Yes and no again. She likes it better this way and, though it sometimes drives me insane, I'd rather she was happy. The wind whipped around the tent, shaking it like an earthquake. Jacob's arms tightened around me protectively. Thank you, Edward whispered. Odd as this might sound, I suppose I'm glad you're here, Jacob. You mean, as much, as much as I'd love to kill you, I'm glad she's warm, right? It's an uncomfortable truce, isn't it? Jacob's whisper was suddenly smug. I knew you were just as crazy jealous as I am. I'm not such a fool as to wear it on my sleeve like you do. It doesn't help your case, you know. You have more patience than I do. I should. I've had a hundred years to gain it. A hundred years of waiting for her. So at what point did you decide to play the very patient good guy? When I saw how much it was hurting her to make her choose. It's not usually this difficult to control. I can smother the less civilized feelings I may have for you fairly easily most of the time. Sometimes I think she sees through me, but I can't be sure. I think you were just worried that if you really forced her to choose, she might not choose you. Edward didn't answer right away. That was part of it, he finally admitted, but only a small part. We all have our moments of doubt. Mostly I was worried that she'd hurt herself trying to sneak away to see you. After I'd accepted that she was more or less safe with you, as safe as Bella ever is, it seemed best to stop driving her to extremes. Jacob sighed. I'd tell her all of this, but she'd never believe me. I know. It sounded like Edward was smiling. You think you know everything, Jacob muttered. I don't know the future, Edward said, his voice suddenly unsure. There was a long pause. What would you do if she changed her mind? Jacob asked. I don't know that either. Jacob chuckled quietly. Would you try to kill me? Sarcastic again, as if doubting Edward's ability to do it. No. Why not? Jacob's tone was still jeering. Do you really think I would hurt her that way? Jacob hesitated for a second and then sighed. Yeah, you're right. I know that's right. But sometimes, sometimes it's an intriguing idea. Jacob pressed his face into the sleeping bag to muffle his laughter. Exactly, he eventually agreed. What a strange dream this was. I wondered if it was the relentless wind that made me imagine all the whispering. Only the wind was screaming rather than whispering. Last pause. I'm just, I, I'm not shocked, but it still surprises me how unsure of himself Edward is about Bella or in regards to Bella and his relationship with her. Like this conversation, it's hard to, it's hard to know at this point if he knows that Bella is hearing this or not. Um, so assuming that he thinks that she's asleep, he's saying all of these things 
honestly, like he would have no reason to be deceitful about though what he's saying. Like, I feel like he's reached a point with Jacob where he he is okay with him to an extent. Like, I, I don't think that uh, New Moon Edward or Twilight Edward would would feel comfortable being open and honest with Jacob. I can totally see Eclipse Edward feeling that level of comfort. And the fact that he thinks that Bella's asleep, he's, you know, really speaking from his heart here. So it's still so surprising to see that he still has doubts and he still is a little self-conscious and a little held back about the way that Bella feels about him and just their relationship. I'm just like, come on, guys. You both are obsessed with each other. There's literally probably eight more than that. I mean, Midnight Sun was like 600 pages and Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse and Breaking Dawn are all from Bella's point of view. So like there's like thousands of pages of these people being obsessed with each other and they still cannot, they still can't get that. Just like, come on, guys. Two, really bold move of Jacob to say, she's in love with me, she just doesn't know it yet. Really? I mean, there's like 80 people in the world that I feel the same way about. Josh Hutcherson, he, I love him. He, and he loves me. Someone doesn't know that though. Paul Rudd, same way. Aubrey Plaza, same way. Barack and Michelle Obama together as a thruple, same way. I'm dying. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, do you have any additional thoughts on Jacob's side? I feel like also Jacob is being, he's like, this conversation between the two of them, it seems like a, it's much more calm I would say and a, like a little more like broy. I don't know like I feel like the fact that Bella isn't there to see the pissing contest is allowing them to be a little more civilized and just a little more honest with each other and it's kind of refreshing that's such a good point I had never thought of it that way yeah the like pressure is off quote unquote mm-hmm. yeah it would be nice to have more just relaxed men having civil conversations or being open and honest about their emotions and their feelings and being vulnerable with each other. It's nice. You can't expect that from Twilight. I thought you would know that by now. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I can't expect from these books. One thing that I just want to draw your and the listeners' attention to. Whole time, 15-year-old Seth Clearwater sitting out there like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) You can hear every word of this shit. That is an interesting and hilarious point you bring up. It also leads me to ask, why isn't Jacob leaving? Why is he still there? Um, I'm just speculating here, but I feel like if he left, she would just get cold again. Yeah, I guess that's true. There was just that whole talk in, was it the last chapter, where Jacob was telling Bella, like, well, you'd never catch me not going to this fight, you know, like, I'm 100% going to be there, and I'm going to be beating everyone up and all this and that, so I'm just surprised that he's not leaving now that there's a wolf there. Well, I think he plans to. It's two in the morning, and they didn't 
Alice saw them fighting during the day, so. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. That's fair. That's fair. All right. I'm going to read through to the end. This is probably like our longest section. But what is it like losing her? Jacob asked after a quiet moment, and there was no hint of humor in his suddenly hoarse voice. When you thought you'd lost her forever, how did you cope? That's very difficult for me to talk about. Jacob waited. There were two different times that I thought that. Edward spoke each word just a little slower than normal. The first time, when I thought I could leave her, that was almost bearable, because I thought she would forget me and it would be like I hadn't touched her life. For over six months, I was able to stay away to keep my promise that I wouldn't interfere again. It was getting close. I was fighting, but I knew I wasn't going to win. I would have to come back just to check on her. That's what I would have told myself anyway. And if I'd found her reasonably happy, I'd like to think that I could have gone away again. But she wasn't happy, and I would have stayed. That's how she convinced me to stay with her tomorrow, of course. You were wondering about that before. What could possibly motivate me? What she was feeling so needlessly guilty about? She reminded me of what it did to her when I left, what it still does to her when I leave. She feels horrible about bringing that up, but she's right. I'll never be able to make up for that, but I'll never stop trying anyway. Jacob didn't respond for a moment, listening to the storm or digesting what he heard. I didn't know which. And the other time, when you thought she was dead, Jacob whispered roughly. Yes, Edward answered a different question. It will probably feel like that to you, won't it? The way you perceive us, you might not be able to see her as Bella anymore, but that's who she'll be. That's not what I asked. Edward's voice came back fast and hard. I can't tell you how it felt. There aren't words. Jacob's arms flexed around me. But you left because you didn't want to make her a bloodsucker. You want her to be human. Edward spoke slowly. Jacob, from the second that I realized I loved her, I knew there were only four possibilities. The first alternative, the best one for Bella, would be, as if, would be if she didn't feel as strongly for me, if she got over me and moved on. I would accept that, though it would never change the way I felt. You think of me as a living stone, hard and cold. That's true. We are set the way we are, and it is very rare to experience a real change. When that happens, as when Bella entered my life, it is a permanent change. There's no going back. The second alternative, the one I'd originally chosen, was to stay with her throughout her human life. It wasn't a good option for her to waste her life with someone who couldn't be human with her, but it was the alternative I could most easily face. Knowing that all along, when she died, I would find a way to die too. 60 years, 70 years. It would seem like a very, very short time to me. But then it proved much too dangerous for her to live in such close proximity with my world. It seemed like everything that could go wrong did, or hung over us waiting to go wrong. I was terrified that I wouldn't get those 60 years if I stayed near her while she was human. So I chose option three, which turned out to be the worst mistake of my very long life, as you know. I chose to take myself out of her world, hoping to force her into the first alternative. It didn't work, and it very nearly killed us both. What do I have left but the fourth option? It's what she wants. At least, she thinks she does. I've been trying to delay her, to give her time to find a reason to change her mind, but she's very stubborn. You know that. I'll be lucky to stretch this out a few more months. She has a horror of getting older, and her birthday's in September. I like option one, Jacob muttered. Edward didn't respond. You know exactly how much I hate to accept this, Jacob whispered slowly. 
but I can see that you do love her in your way. I can't argue with that anymore. Given that, I don't think you should give up on the first alternative, not yet. I think there's a very good chance that she would be okay after time. You know, if she hadn't jumped off a cliff in March, and if you waited another six months to check on her, well, you might have found her reasonably happy. I had a game plan. Edward chuckled. Maybe it would have worked. It was a well thought out plan. Yeah, Jake sighed, but suddenly he was whispering so fast that the words got tangled. Give me your Edward. I really think I can make her happy. She's stubborn. No one knows that better than I do, but she's capable of healing. She would have healed before and she could be human with Charlie and Renee and she could grow up and have kids and be Bella. You love her enough that you have to see the advantages of that plan. She thinks you're very unselfish. Are you really? Can you consider the idea that I might be better for her than you are? I have considered it, Edward answered quietly. In some ways, you would be better suited for her than another human. Bella takes some looking after, and you're strong enough that you could protect her from herself and from everything that conspires against her. You have done that already, and I'll owe you for that for as long as I live, forever whichever comes first. I even asked Alice if she could see that, see if Bella would be better off with you. She couldn't, of course, she can't see you, and then Bella's sure of her course for now. But I'm not stupid enough to make the same mistake I made before Jacob. I won't try to force, I won't try to force her into that first option again. As long as she wants me, I'm here. And if she were to decide that she wanted me, Jacob challenged. Okay, it's a long shot, I'll give you that. I would let her go. Just like that? In the sense that I'd never show her how hard it was for me, yes, but I would keep watch. You see, Jacob, you might leave her someday. Like Sam and Emily, you wouldn't have a choice. I would always be waiting in the wings, hoping for that to happen. Jacob snorted quietly. Well, you've been much more honest than I had any right to expect, Edward. Thanks for letting me in your head. As I said, I'm feeling oddly grateful for your presence in her life tonight. It was the least I could do. You know, Jacob, if it weren't for the fact that we're natural enemies and that you're also trying to steal away the reason for my existence, I might actually like you. Maybe if you weren't a disgusting vampire who was planning to suck, the, suck out the life of the girl I love. Well, no, not even then. Edward chuckled. Can I ask you something? Edward said after a moment. Why would you have to ask? I can only hear if you think of it. It's just a story that Bella seemed reluctant to tell me about the other day. Something about a third wife? What about it? Edward didn't answer, listening to the story in Jacob's head. I heard his low hiss in the darkness. What? Jacob demanded again. Of course, Edward seethed. Of course. I rather wish your elders had kept that story to themselves, Jacob. You don't like the leeches being painted as the bad guys, Jacob mocked. You know, they are, then and now. I really couldn't care less about that part. Can't you guess which character Bella would identify with? It took Jacob a minute. Oh, ugh, the third wife. Okay, I see your point. She wants to be there in the clearing, to do what little she can, as she puts it. He sighed. That was the secondary reason for my staying with her tomorrow. She's quite inventive when she wants something. You know, your military brother gave her the idea just as much as the story did. Neither side meant any harm, Edward whispered, peacemaking now. And when does this little truce end? Jacob asked. First light, 
or do we wait until after the fight? There was a pause as they both considered. First light, they whispered together and then laughed quietly. Sleep well, Jacob, Edward murmured. Enjoy the moment. It was quiet again and the tent held still for a few minutes. The wind seemed to have decided that it wasn't going to flatten us after all and was giving up the fight. Edward groaned softly. I didn't mean that quite so literally. Sorry, Jacob whispered. You could leave, you know, give us a little privacy. Would you like me to help you sleep, Jacob? Edward offered. You could try, Jacob said, unconcerned. It would be interesting to see who walked away, wouldn't it? Don't tempt me too far, Wolf. My patience isn't that perfect. Jacob whispered a laugh. I'd rather not move just now if you don't mind. Edward started humming to himself louder than usual, trying to Jacob, trying to drown out Jacob's thoughts, I assumed. But it was my lullaby he hummed, and despite my growing discomfort with this whispered dream, I sank deeper into unconsciousness, into other dreams that made better sense. <coughs> Sorry. That's how you feel about it. <laughs> yeah, my body is ridding myself of it. Um, okay, one, elephant in the room, I totally forgot about imprinting, and I don't know if this has been mentioned, but if, does every wolf go through imprinting? Is it? No, they, they thought it was a myth, but remember how Jacob was commenting? He's like, now everybody's doing it, and we're like really surprised because they thought it was like not common at all. Okay. All right, because I was going to say if it happens to every wolf, because it's already happened to Sam and Quill, did it happen to her? Embry? Jared with the girl from school and Quill with the two-year-old. Yeah. Um. So I thought that maybe, like, every wolf went through it. And so if that was the case, I was going to say, like, if Jacob didn't imprint on Bella, then why is he still trying? But if it doesn't happen to every wolf, then that makes sense. Um. But, yeah. Edward brings up a good point in that, you know, Jacob doesn't really have any control over that. If, you know, if Bella were to choose him in the end and, like, someone comes along and he imprints on them, like, that would be devastating for Bella. You know, it would be, like, Edward all over again, but who who is she going to have to lean on? Like, Jacob is her son, you know? That would be devastating. So I think Edward brings up a really good point in that. Two... How did Jacob not see the connection between the, like, why did Edward need to explain it to him? Because I saw the connection between the third wife and Bella almost immediately when it got brought up. I don't know. It just seemed kind of obvious to me. I'm like, come on, man. Really? These two big brains, you know, you know how they work. Stupidity arises. Um, I'm genuinely surprised about how the tide sort of turned towards Jacob in this chapter. I mean, he was gross through the whole bit of it, but like, I feel like we've been pretty pro Edward for a big chunk of this book. And it really seems like this was a little more like, well, let's see what Bella wants. You know, I, it, you could be good for her. Honestly, if it could be anyone, I'd want it to be you. Like it, it seems like there's, ebbs and flows of team Edward, team Jacob. And it seems like it's changing. A, the, the tide seemed to be changing a little bit. So, I mean, ultimately, I think that Bella would choose Edward over Jacob any day. But, you know, for the readers, I mean, like if this had come out 
Breaking Dawn hasn't come out yet. This is the only new content we have. And I was Team Jacob. I would be pumped for this chapter. Yeah, I think that a lot of people did feel that way. This scene was like one of the most talked about scenes in the whole series. What was the what was the the public reaction to it? I don't know, just probably the same as yours. Like it was spicy and they were kind of like, who's she going to go with, you know? it's very interesting that you brought this up earlier because literally not until this reading of this book have I ever considered this the whole time I just assumed that both of them thought Bella was asleep but this reading especially at the end when Edward hums her lullaby I'm like did he know the whole time what do you think I think that I feel like Edward probably had a sense that she was in that sort of half asleep, half awake sort of feeling. So like singing that lullaby would get through to her subconscious in some way. And like, even when you're asleep, you can hear outside music and sounds. I know I've talked about this before, but like I used to listen to music when I would sleep back in like middle school. And there would be songs that I awake, like, looking at the songs never even like couldn't tell you when I went out of my way to listen to them but I knew all the words to them because I played them when I was sleeping and my brain heard them so like I could see him maybe singing it hoping that maybe Bella's subconscious hears it and it brings her some level of comfort but I don't think that he fully knows that she's awake I think he's doing it just to cover his grounds okay I think I agree it's just I've never, like, had the chance to think about it before. I don't know. It, it, it's okay. What I said wasn't important. Go. I also feel like Edward is the most extra with those things. So even if he believed that she was asleep, he would sing her lullaby because in his own mind, he's like, this is a me and Bella thing. And, you know, Jacob doesn't have that. So I'm going to do this because... It reminds me of us spending time together, just the two of us. And maybe in a way it brings him comfort as well. Maybe in a way it's like, you know, his special, like he already has his own special tie with Bella, but it's like one of those things that like he loves music and that's a really important part of his life. And that particular song is about Bella and for Bella. So in a way, maybe that song brings him a level of comfort as well after this very vulnerable conversation. Okay, yeah, I could see it. Only other thought I had was, I don't remember if we've talked about this before, if we have, sorry, but who do you think would win in a fight between them two? I think that it would, I don't know. That's. I feel like they're very evenly matched. I think that if... Bella was involved, Edward would find a way to pull through. I think just going off of brute strength, I think Jacob is stronger in that werewolves are specifically built to kill vampires. Vampires are just existing, you know, doing their own thing, killing people, drinking blood. Werewolves, apparently, their sole purpose for being there is to hunt vampires. So I think that Jacob has that edge over him that He's already a super strong werewolf, and he also was built for this. He's like a Ford F-150. He is built different. So 
I think that Jacob has the upper hand, but if we're fighting for Bella's love and for Bella, I think that Edward would pull through. I think the fires in his heart would stoke his powers. Okay. I'm always going to choose Edward because I think that you don't give enough credit to his mind reading thing. He can predict your every thought or your like your every move because he can hear your thoughts. You know what I mean? That is very true. I, I, I do forget about that. I was just thinking like raw muscle alone, but you are very right. That is a huge leg up in any competition. Yeah, I just feel like the fact that he like kept pace with Jasper, who's like, who spent like hundreds of, I don't know if it's hundreds, but a long time doing this every single day is like evidence enough that he could, he could probably beat most anyone. Okay, hear me out. AirPods exist, right? Put the AirPods in. Put WAP on repeat. All you're doing is singing WAP in your head. Edward is not going to know what you're, Edward's not going to know your moves because all you're singing is WAP. You got me there. <laughs> Once again, WAP wins. WAP prevails. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else? Any other thoughts? No, I'm just, I'm excited to see this fight. I'm excited to see, do you, okay. I don't know if you're allowed to answer this. Do Jacob and Edward ever like physically fight? No. Okay. I was going to say, if if they ever do fight, I would be excited to see, you know, what happens, but whatever. I'm excited to find out, because I think that this is where we basically got to in the movies. So I will have no prior knowledge to anything after, like, I don't think we even got to the fight. I think it was about to start when we ended. So we're reaching the point where, like, I don't, I really don't know anything. The point of no return. <laughs> I, I just like, what is Breaking Dawn gonna be about? I like, I genuinely don't know. Yes, we'll see, won't we? Is that the one with the 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 chess piece on the cover? Yeah. Okay. 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 So for next week, we're gonna read chapters twenty three and twenty four, which are called Monster and snap decision before you proceed with your predictions i'm just going to set lay down the law right now set a rule you may not react to me in any way about what happens in the next chapter you cannot text me you cannot comment on it i want your full live reaction for this audience proceed um monster i don't know it like it could be maybe Bella finds a way to make her way to the fight and, you know, she sees what's going on. Maybe someone tracks her up to the tent. I don't know. I she's. I feel like Monster is going to be someone really revealing their true selves and their true selves is going to be scary. Okay. What about Snap Decision? <sighs> snap Decision. Okay, wait. Remember the pre-prologue? I know we had a conversation about what it's actually called. Wasn't Bella, or wasn't the speaker 
at the fight or wasn't the speaker in a clearing or something where something was going to go down? I think so. I don't really remember. Are you lying? No, I'm straight up. I don't remember. Well, if that's the case, then, I mean, maybe Bella, like, makes her way down and she has to make a snap decision about, like, oh, no, I remember because there's, like, she hears a wolf, they hear a wolf howling in the distance and, like, someone's coming to kill her. So Bella has to make some kind of snap decision about, like, what she's going to do. Is she going to sacrifice herself? Is she going to protect herself? Who is she going to choose? herself or the Cullens I don't know but it's gonna be like something dire is happening and she she has to just decide what side she's on okay I'm excited I'm excited I'm also filled with dread (laughs) right like why (laughs) I can't say um including that one we have three more episodes of Eclipse people um, I have to pee like sea biscuit, so I'm gonna go through our socials real quick. Um, you know all the usuals. It's like after 72 episodes, you should know, but in case you don't, in case you're just jumping in, our Instagram and our Tumblr are Tuesdays are for Twilight. Our Twitter is Taft Pod T A F T Pod. You can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. You can email us at Tuesdays are for Twilight at Gmail.com. And as always, we encourage you to read more, learn more about and share and donate if you can to the Quilliot's efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. All of that information is available at their website, mthg.org. Send them off, Paige. Fly high. Skyrocket your dreams into the sky. Don't cry. Because then things will go awry and do not shy away from being yourself. Sigh. Bars. (laughs) See y'all next week. (laughs) Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. <laughs>